Puerto Rico, USA. Where's the taxi? We've been waiting here an hour already. Hey, it's a holiday. Puerto Rico's 26th anniversary is the U.S. Commonwealth. At a moment of pride. This is going to be a great day, my friends. <laughs> On a day of celebration. What are you going to do with me? We're not going to hurt you. Don't worry. An act of independence. I want to know why was my son so blue. I'm not backing off the story, Howard. A woman's obsession with justice. I need to call home. I have children. You're trying to make out like we were murderers. It was self-defense. An official story. The post-mortem injuries are consistent with the bodies falling down on the bankman as the police described. Is it true or no? I kept watching to see if anyone was following. A labyrinth of lies. Everything I ever did was out of patriotism. No, no, no. Amy Irving. Cops shouldn't get away with murder just because they're cops. Who gave the order? Go, no! Who are you looking at? Andy Garcia. You're trying to trap me. No, that was your job, son. Lou Diamond Phillips. You got me in a lot of trouble, Kate. And Robert Duvall. You're off the air. That's it. How much will one woman dare to face the threat? I'm really gonna have to do something about you, Kate. That lies behind the truth. It's in America's interest. Of a show of force. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People and Savior. This is the podcast where we deconstruct the white savior myth in film. Right, favorite trope. It's a myth too. Uh, <laughs> Definitely a myth. It's both, uh, and then we recontextualize it through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark, and I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got we've got one today. Is uh, <laughs> a is a real interesting movie because as a Puerto Rican, this is a movie that I had no idea existed <laughs> until our guest brought it to my attention, and it's like. You know, you never, you never like to see yourself like this portrayed like this. In oh films. no, that is not how you want to see a movie. That's not how no. movies supposed to leave you. But it's also one of these movies that is supposedly like showing an important moment in history, right? Like black people have this all the time. In every civil rights movie, there's like a here's an important time that's happened that like you need to know about. And then it's basically whitewashed and like boiled down so it's it's palatable to, you know, a, a, a major audience. And this feels a lot like that, but also more reckless in a way, because I think they were just like, I like this is what happened. Like, we'll talk about it. But in the movie, literally at the end of the movie, they're just like, I mean, you know, we made a lot of shit up, but something like <laughs> something like this did. I think happened maybe sort of in history at some point in time. 
And it was only because this movie came out in 1990 and these events happened in 1978. So it wasn't even like it was a long time ago. It was like less like almost like it was 12 years. But then it was also like still being litigated or like closing out the litigation, like not that long before the movie gets made. It's a whole thing. Anyways, let's introduce our guest <laughs> who is a is a another Baroque Rosa Cologne. She is a cartoonist. Uh, she's an illustrator. She's done a lot of great stuff that you might know from the Nib, part of the award-winning Puerto Rico Strong Anthology, uh, part of the Ignatz-winning uh, Bigay Du Comics, creator and founder of Soda Pop Comics, and a lot of other wonderful things that I'm sure she can tell you about as well. Uh, but Rosa, welcome, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on the show. <laughs> Rosa will like she'll she'll get in touch with me like every once in a while because she listens to the show and she'll like chime in with thoughts about episodes so like it's always fun to have somebody who's like into the show come on to the show because they're they're fully on board with our foolishness so (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we don't have to we don't have to act polite for company because you know (laughs) you know how we (laughs) how we do um but Rosa tell I mean tell us how you're doing first of all but also tell us a little bit about your work well, I'm doing fine given the circumstances um, uh, with this whole pandemic, uh, but uh, I've been keeping busy and so I I work from home even mm. before the pandemic. I work from home. So I'm basically in the gig economy, getting getting some work stuff, getting paid. And in between, I, I'm working on art projects with a new collective that I have called the Sinsu. And I also record podcasts with with friends here about pop culture and stuff. They're in Spanglish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plug, plug, those, plug those podcasts. Okay. So the main one is called Desmenuzando, which means like tearing apart. And we talk everything there, like pop culture stuff, books, video games, and, and other things. And, and with the other girls uh, in the collective uh, who are also artists, Evia and Tanya, shout out. Um, we have like a little manga book club. Uh, and so we read either a th- mangas under a theme or mm-hmm. a manga between the three of, three of us. And then we discuss it. And But that one has fewer episodes because it's it takes a really long time to read the mangas. And yeah. we all have work to do and stuff. So... If you look for it, De La Manga, then you'll see there's a few episodes, but we really get into it. And and just so you know the joke, well, De La Manga is when you off the cuff, right? Off the cuff. Mm-hmm. But it's manga. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that and also get get in touch with you just because manga and anime have long been my like, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to get into that. And then every year I look at the episode list. I forget which I think it was Sailor Moon. Like I was just looking at Sailor Moon today on Hulu, and it's like, oh yeah, ninety-five episodes. And I was like, uh, oh, like, yeah, for season one. <laughs> it's oh, so okay. daunting. <laughs> but um, when the pandemic hit and we started hanging out in Zoom, and and these girls are very very proudly weebs, and they know everything mm-hmm. about everything, and it became very infectious. So I said, like, man, I've yeah. been I've been trying to read manga for a long time, so let me get into it. And I've been reading. Some of the classics and it's like mind blowing. Like mm-hmm. I read Akira. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. The art. <laughs> and you're like, how did he do a crowd shot? And everybody has different facial expressions and everybody's doing something different. I can't. 
and it's and it's beautiful and frustrating and it yeah. kind of pushes you to think about your art like mm, i'm being lazy if this guy can draw like 50 <laughs> motorcycles oh boy manga is a different beast though i mean they really go in on every scene like every panel is just like a whole 110 you know. in everything and it's like man, goals goals <laughs> yeah um well Tell us about the movie that you had us watch because, well, I, we'll, we'll talk about watching the movie too in just a second. But tell us about the movie you chose. I chose, uh, uh, I really went through a, f a few lists because uh, I wanted something about Puerto Rico, but we don't have locally any movies that talk about white saviors or anything because we hardly have any, you know, our, our we have a lot of cinema, but it's very... It's very like introspective, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but I remembered, I always remember this movie. I don't remember when I heard about it first, but I was like, this movie's amazing because it's so horrible. <laughs> and it's called A Show of Force. And it's um, a fictitious, uh, a fictitious movie about the true events of El Cerro Maravilla and the assassinations of these two pro-independent activists. And um The movie takes everything that's very important and interesting from that event and puts it aside for you to learn about this white lady journalist who uncovers everything to the topest level of federal government. She does everything by herself. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a wild movie. And I have to ask my mom, if she's ever seen this movie or heard of this movie uh because it's just like it's a it's by paramount so it's like a, it's a paramount picture but i don't know it feels like a very much like a direct to tv movie like a made for tv movie i believe it's supposed to be a made for tv movie okay because i was like did this come out in theaters because i mean let me read the list of people in this movie because it could have come out in theaters so again the movie is called the show of force it came out in 1990 It's directed by uh, Bruno Barreto, who is a Brazilian director, who has, like, his... If you go to his IMDb page, he's got a weird filmography. Because <laughs> he did this movie, but then he did movies like View from the Top, which is a romantic comedy from 2003 that has uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Christina Applegate about, like, a flight attendant trying to fall in love. It's a oh my God. weird thing. Uh, so it's based on a, a book by Ann Nelson called Murder and the Two Flags and uh, written by two white people, of course. Uh, <laughs> and it had a box. I mean, this is why I'm confused because it had a box office of $152,000, which I think has to mean that it was oh, made true. for TV because like that's not. I think that. It couldn't have even been made for $152,000. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much this movie costs, but like, I gotta mm. say, <laughs> you know, probably more, probably at least like $300,000 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, not like no money, but definitely not that cheap of, mm. a, of a movie. Because um, at the very least, they had to go to Puerto Rico to film parts of it. So, but I'm going to try to do... <laughs> I'm going to try to do the five minutes. Cameron, tell them what movie you watched. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Oh, you mean Doctor Strange? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm usually yes, well prepared, and I wrote my five minutes of white nonsense. I was ready to do it. Oh man, Here I, I, I kind of want to hear it still. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that another time. Um, you did show me the trailer for this movie, yeah, and I I don't know if you recall my face while watching mm, this I do. trailer. I do. It was uh, mostly jaw agape. <laughs> yeah. Still watch it. Like, you should still watch the movie. I'm definitely going to watch this movie. It it (laughs) sounds intriguing, and I'm sure that just the erasure problem (laughs) probably makes this movie a more compelling watch than it lets on to be. Um, Yeah. For sure. So, I'm definitely going to check this out. But I'm excited to hear your guys' conversation about what happened, because... Off the trailer alone, this movie Wallin. <laughs> yeah, feel free to jump in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at any time. This movie Wallin, but it's also trying desperately to be like gritty and seem yep. like it's documentarian, almost like it's yeah the nineteen nineties version of the Battle of Algiers or something like that, where. <laughs> It really wants to be, though. Like, if it was a studio version of, like, the Battle of Algiers, this is mm-hmm. what that would look... Not even what it would look like, because it's, it's, it's shot like, you know, a view to kill or something like that. But it's trying yeah. to be as, you know, um, effective as yes. Battle of Algiers or something like that. And it doesn't... I don't think it... Off the trailer alone, I doubt it succeeds either way. Yeah. <laughs> it really wants to be an important movie. And right, it's just right. being, like, a real... Well, I mean, I'll I'll describe it in just a second because the ending is just like, okay, <laughs> that's yeah, that's like one way to end the movie. Vibes. Yeah, like political yeah. thriller vibes, just like wants to be very self important, yeah, but yeah, doesn't really succeed, and and like off the bat doesn't succeed, yeah. like kind of out the gate. So I'm interested to see like what you guys have to say <laughs> yeah. about it. Uh, well, Cam, get me. Um... Get that, get that timer ready. Yeah, I, you I know, mean, you said this movie was an hour and a half. Look, Let's I see always, if you can do it. I, I always <laughs> say I could do it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep with that energy. You can do it. Uh, yeah, no, like we'll see. <laughs> before confidence, I, yeah, confidence is key. Before I start, I do. Yeah, let me, let me quickly though run down the the list of actors in this movie. It stars Amy Irving. It stars Andy Garcia, Lou Diamond Phillips, Robert Duvall, Kevin Spacey. Randomly, Eric Estrada shows up at the end. Uh, and was there one more person? Oh, I Robert. think you're forgetting our oh Robert good, Duvall, Robert yeah, our good Duvall. buddy. I don't think you're. I think you're forgetting our good buddy. Uh, oh, Lupe Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Oh man. Who is? Oh yeah, Yolanda Lupe. Saldivar from yeah, the yeah. Selena movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a lot. There's a lot of people in this movie, um, <laughs> and not all of them get actual time to be in the movie so Aww. it's very it's very confusing that's um, unfortunate but yeah cam if you want to start the timer i guess I'll, I'll see what i can do let's do it three two one so <laughs> yeah this movie starts off with a very strange like military parade so it's it's seemingly like they're they're trying to make it seem like it's um we're in some like South American country because there's like a lot of like pageantry and like other things happening here that don't happen in Puerto Rico in the same way. But during this parade, I mean, there's a lot of like 
talk about the the independentistas which are like a um puerto rican radical group uh leftist group that's just like you know trying to mostly speaking for you know puerto rican independence right like they don't want to be a territory anymore they don't want to be part of america anymore they want to be you know their own country they want puerto rico to be its own country and there's like because we're, we're getting this information through basically like news clips and like you know people like interjecting it like it's not a natural way of like discussing this at all um so like we're getting like it's it's like it's like the movie explaining two sides of like oh like there's these people over here who are like they're almost like terrorists and then there's like you know puerto rico like puerto ricans in general and then like they love being americans and like all the things that that entails um and we meet, we meet our the hero of our movie, Kate Melendez, who doesn't look like a Melendez because uh, she's played by Amy Irving, and um, she's a reporter for a local station, and she's she's here to like cover you know the parade, but in the middle of the parade, like we cut away to this group of what we think are uh, independentistas, um, but like. It's unclear, but they're they're seemingly a radical group. One of them is Lou Diamond Phillips, and they are you know talking about a thing they're going to go do. They've called a taxi cab. The cab pulls up. They just like carjack the car and like basically have this guy drive them to this like this tower, which is like a it's like a communications tower on this mountain, and it seems like their plan is they're going to go blow it up, right? Like that's what they're they're going to go do we don't see that because we cut back to the parade and again, a very clunky like announcement from, is it the, Rosa, is it the governor? It's the governor. <laughs> the governor <laughs> interrupts the parade to say very plainly that the police have shot, uh, like terrorists who are trying to blow up the communications tower, but also in a way that's just like everybody, it's okay. The police murdered them. So like, don't worry about it. It's all good. Um, <laughs> Go back to the parade, like don't even think about it. So like Kate, it's like, oh, I got to go cover that. She goes up there to cover it. It seemingly is like, uh, like the bodies are already like being carted away. Like everything is basically already done. The police captain is like not trying to talk to her, but she does see Kevin Spacey, who's again clearly an American, just kind of like in the background hanging out, uh, looking suspicious. As I mean, Kevin Spacey just looks suspicious all the time. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> So after that, we go back and we meet Robert Duvall, who is, I guess, the head of the news organization that she works at, the TV station that she works at. And he's like, well, there was also like an undercover agent who got shot, you know, during this. And like, we need to go find him. We need to go talk to him. So like Kate is searching around, looking around, uh, but she's also hearing like, you know, other names of people who may have been around there. But she goes to talk to Lou Diamond Phillips who's the undercover agent at a cockfighting event, which was also just like the most, what is happening here situation. So like she goes, Lou Diamond Phillips basically tries to stick her hand down his pants immediately upon meeting her. And then like starts just dispensing information about like, Oh yeah. Like I was part of this, you know, four man group organization that we were trying to blow up the tower uh you know two of the other people got killed but there's one guy who's kind of like out in the wind like nobody can find him nobody knows where he is and so you know he's he's presumably with the student organization in a very strange 
like just a weird moment at home we learn that kate's husband was a like lawyer for all of the radical groups in puerto rico and died of cancer i guess like we learned this information because some news clippings fall out of a photo album (laughs) Um, uh, but because of because of her husband's you know work for the independentistas like all the students are very like open and welcoming to her so like they set her up on this meeting with one of the um the the fourth person who was involved in this bombing she goes to meet him at just like a a restaurant somewhere but like the police come in and take her and arrest her and just shoot the other (laughs) the other like the student like just openly in the middle of the rest like he he's bleeding out in a fountain and like they just like haul her away there's a very strange scene between her and the police captain like we get the sense that the police captain is like in on a cover-up of something bigger because he's trying to arrest her without telling her what she's charged with then he starts giving her like the oh well we're charging you with resisting arrest and like you know like attacking the police officer and all this stuff and so kate has to make a phone call to her father who turns out to be a lot of different things he's a he's a naval officer he is a racist and he hates college. Uh, he blames <laughs> college for her. Kate meeting her husband, who was a Puerto Rican. He hates Puerto Ricans for nebulous <laughs> oh reasons. Uh, and like Kate basically breaks down in the car because her father is a terrible person. Um, but <laughs> after that, she's still determined to get to the bottom of this. And so she keeps kind of digging around, right? And like, eventually Lou Diamond Phillips kidnaps her again on her birthday and like drugs her and like takes her to some weird does he take her back to where they're back to the fighting fighting arena yeah okay (laughs) and like has a really creepy line of like don't worry I didn't violate you or something like that like I'm smarter than that (laughs) just a real weird (laughs) I don't know what's going on but yeah, he's basically like, you know, if you keep digging around, we're going to kill you, right? Like, that's that's the the main thing. And so as she keeps digging around, she gets into more and more trouble. Robert Duvall fires her. He's like, you know, this is over. Like, you're not getting any more information out of this. Uh, so just, like, shut down the story. She doesn't want to do that. Um, she, goes t- she goes to this, I guess it's like a civil rights office. To speak very to random the, office <laughs> yeah to speak with the one black woman in the entire movie who has a martin luther king jr poster in her office and <laughs> it's very strange because she's talking to this black woman about the government like not being you know 100 percent truthful and maybe there's a cover-up and maybe and this black woman has to defend america as if they've never had any like <laughs> specifically the american government and military as if they've never had like any clandestine operations in other countries or other places in which they've like murdered people for political gain like she's like it's not even the thing that she can conceive of and so like she <laughs> basically like keeps getting the runaround um there's another I mean we'll we'll talk about things in detail because I should I should wrap it up, but like just to <laughs> to wrap up the movie. What, you want you wanna wrap it up in eight minutes? <laughs> all these things are just all these things are just kind of jumping out at me as I'm talking about it. But like 
basically what happens is she um there's there's an investigation called into the murders and so she's very interested in that she like convinces another television station to like cover the murders cover the trial andy garcia shows up randomly he's the prosecutor he's like got all this information and he's really like gung-ho about you know getting to the bottom of this cover-up um as we're going through the trial it's clear that you know there's there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes between you know the puerto rican government and the american government in terms of like not wanting the true story to come out about what happened but we do learn that the like the police just murdered you know these kids like they were basically lured to this mountain uh to kill them to make them out to be terrorists who are trying to do like you know some kind of thing so that the government american government and puerto rican government could use that to be like whoa look look how crazy and radical these people are you should just be an american territory forever like don't even think about (laughs) (laughs) you know um so like yeah like the the coroner is like trying to you know bullshit and cover stuff up and lou diamond phillips dramatically pulls off all of these like photos of like murdered (laughs) uh activists and um like there's just a lot of weird it's like one of those trials that's like very much so would never happen in real life because there's so many dramatic reveals and like people yelling at each other that you know it becomes just like this dramatized over the top thing erica strata comes to kate and is like actually i did kill those people and like i'm very torn up about it and i want immunity so like please help me get that and so he testifies and basically blows the whole trial open and like tells the story of how they lured these activists up there they murdered them at the behest of kevin spacey um the movie ends with like the trial is over but kevin spacey is like you know i'm I'm still here to fuck shit up like you're never gonna get the real truth (laughs) um and he's like threatening kate but he's doing it right next to her news van where the cameras are rolling like the cameraman has gotten on top of the van and is no, like no, secretly no, sh- no, recording this conversation no. <laughs> it goes live to all of puerto rico who hear him like basically admit to everything and threaten to murder her he wants it's revealed that he is on camera he looks up at the camera he's shocked he looks back he sees andy garcia taking a huge bite out of a snow cone and then <laughs> looks at kate and then just storms off and the movie ends in a freeze frame of of uh kate just like yeah like no. <laughs> <laughs> victory viva puerto rico no. you know what I mean? like um wait and wait, then wait so this movie and this movie ends with like i don't know this this scene sounds like it comes out of like a terminator movie or something like something oh, yeah. way like dumber where it's just like the bad guy yeah. says the loud part says the quiet part loud the yeah. whole the plan microphone. the yeah. whole plan Oh, we did it like this. Oops. Uh-huh. Yes. And then freeze frame. And, and then, then freeze frame. And then the Breakfast Club. <laughs> and then and then <laughs> like at, like directly after that there's a little like, you know, title thing that's like, "Oh, by the way, all of this is basically fictionalized off of a real event." Specifically Wait, why they do the, that at the end. But 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 the key part is there's a thing included in it that's like, "Oh, specifically the part about American FBI involvement." Like that's oh, the like don't they even to clear themselves. At the end, like, <laughs> don't we, even you know? don't even think about that actually being a real thing. That never actually happened. Like, Kevin don't Spacey's character is it. completely false. You know what I mean? Don't uh, research <laughs> this. 
So as always, that was way more than five minutes. But <laughs> oh yeah, we come in, we clocking in at uh, what twelve? <laughs> yeah, it was lovely uh, though. I appreciated it. Yeah, before we <laughs> even get to anything, I think obviously we have to say. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god, stop fucking lying! Because I mean, yeah. Rosa, you could definitely fill us in on like the real life actual events, but even just like my cursory reading of what happened, like beyond like none of this, there's certain parts of it that are accurate in the sense of something along those lines did happen, but like the details of it are way off. And specifically, the part about a white woman, <laughs> yes, being the the central part of the story, because I think even to just start the conversation, like. This the real life events are like something that's still reverberating in Puerto Rico in the sense of like in terms of how Puerto Ricans view the government, view the police and just view, um, you know, leftist activist politics. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is something that still comes up in terms of how all of that stuff is viewed. And so, again, for this movie to come out and basically be from the point of view of a white woman, the point of view of somebody who's not Puerto Rican, the point of view of somebody who is like really her investment and involvement in it seemed to be career-based yeah like, it doesn't seem like she's self. necessarily yeah like she's not interested in the actual truth for truth's sake or even more specifically for the sake of the people of puerto rico right like mm -hmm. she's interested in it so that she can have a big story and like that's really the the base of it because like Never once do I hear her say anything along the lines of like, damn, like th the people need to know about this. Like, you know, like this is this is such a big story. It's compared to Watergate in the movie yeah. in terms of like, you know, this is like Puerto Rico Watergate, like something like that. You would think, one, she wouldn't be the only one covering it or investigating it. Like but she was the only journalist on the island at that time. <laughs> There's no other... <laughs> We don't even really see any of the other journalists at the station that she's at. Like, we see there's one, and probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. She's just gotten kidnapped by Lou Diamond Phillips. She goes home. She's eating a birthday cake in bed with her kids. And then, like, it cuts to one of her kids combing her hair while they're watching Rocky and Bullwinkle on TV. <laughs> And they interrupt Rocky and Bullwinkle to let you know that there is an investigation into this trial and it's, into this case and it's going to go to trial. And then they cut back to Rocky and Bullwinkle. And it's like, I think that's the <laughs> other. <laughs> yes. That reporter is like the only other reporter that you see in the movie. And I'm just kind of like, what is she doing? Like, is she she's just there to literally report the news and nothing else? Like, is she not investigating these like? This seems like a big deal. And even the way that the the governor reacts to it and kind of tells people feels one very much like the way that like a dictator would tell people mm -hmm. about something that just happened. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, by the way, you know, <laughs> terrorists were killed trying to, you know, bomb a news station. But don't worry about it because we murdered them. So like It's fine. Not yeah, not even like steak, like, cause the way that he says it, like, his tone of voice is very just like even. Like, it's not, there's no urgency behind it or no like panic behind it. It's like he's telling them that, like, 
if you don't move your car by five o'clock, you're going to get towed. Like that's like the like <laughs> yes. the energy he has with this announcement. And like the Puerto Rican people don't really seem to be they don't care about what's happening. Like, yeah, they're, they're in the parade or not. Yeah, they're yeah, you know, and I mean, even just we can we can cut all the way out of the movie. That didn't even look like a Puerto Rican parade. Like no. the way that we parade is like what it's, it's a different level than that. But like people just kind of seem to be like marching down the street. They had some flags. They were it's a really like, weird thing like, because it seems like the the writer or whoever was in charge of this movie thought that like Americans wouldn't get this if you didn't use the stereotypical tropes of Latin American 80s. Like you could almost see Arnold Schwarzenegger coming over to kick the governor in the face because it looked <laughs> like one of those Banana Republic uh, situations, yep. which we don't have here at all. If the governor were to have a celebration and it was crazy because the celebration is actually Constitution Day. Mm -hmm. And the governor is pro statehood, so he would not even be celebrating <laughs> Constitution Day because that's the other parties. That's the um, right. Commonwealth Party. As, but they're making this big thing. No, we're celebrating the Constitution Day. It's like, what? And with military people like, what? Yeah. Um, and then the governor does that, that announcement, but he also wouldn't have, I mean... He wouldn't have done the announcement to begin with. But it, yeah, it was really weird because you have all of these flags that that are very uh, in contrast with the military stuff. And then all of a sudden yeah. we have terrorists and she's the only one who feels like she gets it. Like, hey, we got to, it's important. But the rest of the yeah. people are like, yeah, we're going to keep partying in Old San Juan because that's what we're doing here. And it's... Yeah. Why would we stop the parade for right. terrorism? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, because it's interesting because like, Throughout the movie, we're repeatedly characters were repeatedly tell her that all the other reporters have already talked to me. Like you're the la you're literally the we last don't see person. <laughs> <laughs> Which tells me, yeah, one that this story is getting some kind of coverage. It's unclear what kind of coverage because we never see what other reporters or stations are saying. But two, that she's not good at her job because she's always the last person to arrive and ask questions to someone. She's like. constantly crying on the job. <laughs> constantly crying on the job. Well, it like in a way that's like sure, okay. Sometimes she's in a life or death situation. So yes. like I'll I'll give her a pass on like, you know, Lou Diamond Phillips like drugging her or something like that. Um but other times it seems like she's just overwhelmed by being a journalist like i mean her dad is a piece of shit but like i mean even in that situation like she's she breaks down in the car almost immediately yeah like five minutes of talking to him she also does it with the wife of one of the victims and the yeah. camera completely pans to her crying because she feels so much <laughs> but the the wife is describing like look they only gave me his bloody glasses uh yeah Yeah, and she's like crying, like it's too she's much for a, me. A single tear, right? Like, you got to get close <laughs> on the yeah. one tear. It's yeah, it's hard for me to classify her. I mean, there's so many different white savior tropes in terms of like what, how they're positioned within the film. Whether they're like, she's definitely a driving force of the movie, but she's at once like what makes the plot go forward, but also very separate from the actual events right like mm -hmm. she's investigating the story she's reporting the story 
but she's never like I guess the the deepest she's involved in it is that her husband was a lawyer for the Independentistas. Like that's yeah. about as deep. But we don't learn about her politics or like what she feels about she's Puerto Rican independence. Again, she's very ambivalent about she doesn't have any opinion about anything other than she needs to get the story. Right. And so it's kind of like I it's it's difficult to read her because she is the focal point and I guess the hero, you know, in so much as it's unclear if the Puerto Rican people credit her specifically with, you know, everything that happens in the aftermath. Like if it's like, oh, man, thank God Kate Melendez was here because if she didn't <laughs> investigate, we would have never known. The movie really the needed that line <laughs> to make sense. Oh, thank God for Kate Melendez. Yeah, but I mean, she never really offers anything in terms of like because the movie is like a really weird amalgamation of at once like basically every puerto rican you meet is bad it's or horrible. at least like even her scary. son <laughs> even her son she has this really weird conversation where he catches oh my god her kid <laughs> She has a, a boy and a girl, right? So she comes home and she goes to her son's room to say hi. And she notices he has like a, a smut magazine. It's not porn. It's smut. Like 50 smut. And, yeah. <laughs> and she's looking at it like, oh, boys. And he goes, no, mom, that's not for girls. <laughs> <laughs> like he's an adult. And she just shrugs it off. And it's like, excuse me? <laughs> I think we I think we we can't leave this part without like you it really is like 50s or 40s like adult paraphernalia like it's not like a playboy or like a you know anything like that it's it's literally like a uh xeroxed like <laughs> it's, it's collection so of like topless magazine. women it's ancient and the kid has it and it's like and she just goes like, yeah, okay, whatever. All men, yeah. all Latin men are toxic. And, <laughs> and she, says, even my boy. But she, she also like flips through it mm -hmm. pretty like, it's not like she just looks at it. She's like, she's like, look, she's reading it. She's like, goes like through like three or four pages before he takes it away from her. <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> it's such a weird scene out of nowhere, but it just. The only thread that I get is that, yeah, all Latin men are hypersexual uh, yeah. and and weird. Yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips immediately tries to sexually assault her. Uh, and then I guess presumably does later in the movie. Again, he says he's not dumb enough to violate her, but that but, doesn't mean that he didn't do other things or like. Fool, it's really. And that scene is very off putting even because the movie's so cheesy. But that scene in particular is very like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Well, because there's like when he's drugging her, like he pulls her like skirt up all the way so that you like see her underwear as he like puts a needle in her thigh. It's very confusing. <laughs> this um, this movie is playing fast <laughs> and loose with his treatment of like sexual trauma. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, it's, for it's sure. got it's got no time for that. Um. Oh man. Well, and because then like she shrugs even, it off. Yeah. Even the um the taxi driver is kind of like a stereotype and like um really a lot of the other you know puerto rican people you see in this movie if they're not if they have any lines at all you know or have anything to say they are very much just like 
background and like broad you know latino stereotype like what do you yeah. what do you what do you think of when you think of puerto ricans okay you know let's not even really get deeper than that like you get it right like here they are okay but it's like this is a movie about puerto rico ostensibly not just about puerto rico but like puerto rican american relations and a very and, like, important part of the independence movement yeah uh or like the winding down of the very militant independence movement i think yeah and it's and, and it's portrayed in a way well i think that was the thing right like the way that it it played out because in reality like the aftermath of this kind of turned puerto rican uh like the the general puerto rican views of activist groups and movements because it was like oh the police oh they killed those people uh-huh. you know what i mean like on purpose and then tried to like cover it up and play it off right and, like, yeah that. i think in it, the movie gets so many of the things kind of right but then misses yeah. the point entirely so if you if you see the movie the things that actually happened was that they were entrapped they they did get mm-hmm. on a taxi they were going to read a manifesto uh but the police officers murdered them on the on not on the behest of the governor really i mean and it's yeah it's part of his legacy as a governor like he died last year he was mm-hmm. very old he died last year and it it was just like good good yeah <laughs> even 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 people who are my age or younger they were like good Romero yeah. period and in right. and, and it's because the 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 hearings were televised and mm-hmm. everybody watched it. Like I, I remember watching it with my grandma. Yeah. And I didn't know the context of it, but it was on TV. And on TV, it showed like, yes, the police actually murdered these kids. And yeah, what you what you think is wrong? And and the movie could have, if the movie had been taken seriously, it should mm-hmm. have given a little, you know, a little context about like that. Even though the surveillance of of activists and ra- radicals in air quotes right, right, radicals right, right. has had been going on since forever like this particular governor Romero Barcelo was really adamant about it and after after the like I think mid 90s maybe I'm look listen I'm not a history buff <laughs> here uh, I'm going by remembrance but um, they 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 have a law that you can go pick up your your folder of surveillance mm-hmm. so they're they're yeah. called carpetas right so everybody went to pick up their folder of surveillance so all of this was tied up to to el cerro maravilla where, where people were like well you you thought these kids were doing something in earnest some protest in earnest and you pushed them to to become violent so that the police would have yeah. this motive to kill them so everything happens you know it um what actually also happened is that that governor won the election again because the power went out and after the power came back on they had they had more votes and the mm. movie has mm. that little blip like oh the power went out and stuff like that yeah. and and i was like oh they got that in there but it's so bogged down with the need to have this this uh generic white woman yeah talk to you about that rather than any of the other activists and the other historical <laughs> Right. Well, I think because that's what's so crazy, right, is like it doesn't even really give you the stakes of like what Puerto Rican independence would mean or why people would want it. Like it seems like Puerto Rico is just like 
so we'll, we'll, let's talk about this a little because <laughs> there's a scene where kate's children are talking to her and they ask her if they're american and because she, she does she tell them that she's puerto rican first or does she that, or do they ask I, if she's american if i remember american? the son says like uh are you puerto rican mom yeah, i don't know yeah. her. i'm like i don't know her yeah and she's like, yeah, because I married your dad. Because <laughs> I married your dad. It's like, I, well. And then the the girl says, well, I'm American because I'm white. <laughs> oh, my God. Not not far from, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the clip of what Mitch McConnell said on the Congress floor today. Mm, oh, I saw it a couple of minutes ago. What the I hell? Mean, I haven't seen it yet. Please, I'm hearing please. similar vibes. Um, they were discussing the voting rights bill that's not getting passed, obviously. Mm, yeah. And he said, well, African-Americans are voting in just as many numbers as Americans. Oh. What? Good to know. <laughs> oh, that's, that's how you think? That's how you feel? Well, well glad that but, you said it on you know, on a microphone that was televised to everyone at the moment. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, though. It's like, even in this movie, right? Like without the understanding that Puerto Rico is a is a territory of America, right? Which means a lot of weird specific things, right? It means that Puerto Rico, while they do have a governor, they don't really have any control of most things that a government would have control over in terms mm-hmm. of like the budget or like Yeah, I mean even things that you would th- I mean it's very it's not a one to one with Washington DC, but it is like, you know, a situation where it's just like, wait a minute, so you voted for these people, right? Like they're in control of your, you know, country or your city, but at the same time, they have to answer to somebody else above them to do, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the things that a government should be able to do autonomously. And so, you know, like even understanding that, yeah, like Puerto Ricans can vote, you know, in like the primaries, but like can't vote for president, right? Like they can't choose. I think the primaries are a concession. I mean, people keep telling yeah. me that we have delegates, but I don't believe it. <laughs> right. Well, because I mean, even like <laughs> even that as a thing, it's just kind of like, what's the point of doing that? Because not only is that not even really going to affect me, but also like I don't have final say in like yeah what actually happens. So like you're just kind of giving this me, giving this to me as like a. Uh, like yeah like you're saying like a concession like here's a bone for you right like, right so yeah we have our own government but federal trumps our government uh on anything that might be problematic right and so when you think about stuff obviously like say hurricane maria or even right now with like you know covid like stuff that a government would need to do in order to you know serve and help its people oftentimes has to go through another layer of you know federal oversight and approval when it's just like, you know, like the expediency of a lot of the stuff, right? Like it would be nice to just say, yeah, no, we're going to do that now. Or yeah, we've got money for that now. Or yeah, we're going to move on that now. But instead, it's just like, well, we've got to wait <laughs> until yeah. somebody in Congress tells us that we can do that. And it's like, that's crazy, right? Like, yeah. it's not like. It's like, it, because it's bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy. And you say like, well, right. we managed constitution day to bring it back to the movie and constitution right. <laughs> like yeah we got our own constitution but it was only after congress approved the constitution mm-hmm. that we wrote in right. in air quotes right and and it 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 sometimes can create positive things like we wouldn't have 
uh, gay marriage on the island if it wasn't something federal because local right. there's no there's no nothing in the constitution about that but sometimes it can be challenging so like some some things that you need to fix in infrastructure are held up just as much as you guys' problems with infrastructure because right. it comes out of the same <laughs> pot and it has to be approved. And then you add to that our problem with our local government that doesn't know how to manage money. And it usually mm -hmm. feels like they think the federal government is like a personal ATM where you just, oh, it's, yeah, charge as, as much as you want because it's the right. government, whatever. So, and the, and the money doesn't get managed well and it doesn't mm. get put to use either. <sighs> it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but none of that is in the movie, right? No. Like none of that, none of what we just discussed the island right runs there. fine in the movie. Yeah. You know, and so it's like the activists are portrayed as like these radical, dangerous, like even, oh, even after. Oh, go ahead. The way they pronounce independentistas. <laughs> like hard, like independentistas, like sandinistas yeah. and zapatistas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They want to make a, a connection like these are radicals too, but they everybody pronounces it so hard instead of saying like, yeah, oh, pro-independence activists or pro-independence radicals are just like independentistas. Yeah, that's the hard R of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've encountered this like coded language before. Yes. Well, because, yeah, so I think that's the thing. It's like without any actual background as to why anybody would not just necessarily be anti-government, but like want reform and change as opposed to like what the current is because you don't you don't know what the current is right so you don't know what the alternative would be or what people are you know advocating for and so you're kind of left with like one side is maybe bad and the other side is i guess america and <laughs> yes. you're just kind of like i don't know what the movie wants me to think or feel because at the end right like kevin spacey is like basically threatening to murder her and like i don't know if it's like insinuating he would continue to do bad things to puerto rico but like you know he, he basically... seemed to be saying like he he went broke not that he went rogue but that he was very set on keeping the governor in place because he was anti-communist and so he he knew what was best for puerto rico and america right right and so like he's bad like the movie is telling you that he's bad and what he's doing is bad but it never says what the activists are doing is good though like it never mm -hmm. like presents the other side as like and this side is good or this side is like fighting for a worthy cause it's like yeah i guess they're also bad so like maybe like <laughs> maybe a good thing was done like it's very confusing as to how the movie wants you to think about it because at the end like I guess the only good person is Kate. Like, Kate mm -hmm. is good. Like, so, Kate did the good thing, right? So but I, like, I guess I, I, as an outsider, I have to ask a question here because is the movie asking you to have a bias? I yeah. don't think it was asking you to have anything. I think the mm. movie is kind of just like presenting this, like it wants to have a very all the president's men vibe to it or mm -hmm. like we're, we're going to get to the, like there's a cover up and we're going to really get to the bottom of like this terrible thing and like get the truth out right but it's never really giving you any context or like actual insight into what like, like the motivations of the people yeah. who wanted yeah. to rebel i like, think it cover might... up is bad yeah i think is what it's telling you 
but it's also it it also uh because it it doesn't make you feel like the the pro independence movement went too far, went too far. Yeah, because they're like, oh, but they had guns too, and and even though they were only gonna read the manifesto, but they were eventually gonna destroy something or other, and yep. um. Sounds very both sidesy. Uh huh. And it's like, oh, the students are like, uh, you know, making protests at the university, which was actually the university, which was nice to see. Yeah, (laughs) it was actually the UP. But um, so it it and I really by the third act when we flash back to the actual murder of of the kids and then one of them goes like oh i can be an informer too don't kill me and stuff like that which is like in movie language is like oh he's a little (laughs) bit of a coward he didn't want to die for his cause and stuff like that so that that one but it doesn't also present there's no american savior coming uh, the helicopter's not coming in and nobody's rappelling down to take kevin spacey away it's all kate yeah Kate and the truth. Kate and the truth and <laughs> television cameras. <laughs> yep. Well, let me get this queued up real quick. Oh. I love your cues. I have a question. Some people were extra brown in this movie, right? Like, that mm-hmm. wasn't just me. Oh, no, no. Right? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> Because I'm feeling some Bernardo vibes. Well, let's I mean, we can start with Andy Garcia, who is more brown than I've seen him in a lot of movies, Uh, which, you know, it's not again, he's Cuban, which isn't to say that there aren't, you know, like white or uh, lighter Cubans, but like he's very brown in this role. (laughs) He's very Um, tanned. He is. He's got he worked the tan out. Amy Irving is a white woman <laughs> but she <laughs> is also very tan in this movie and there was one more person i mean like eric estrada is brown but he looked more brown like i don't know like there's yeah. something about like <laughs> what there was, was um the police captain or the other somebody yeah who was yeah um the one who was talking uh yeah, he was. She, yeah, the police captain. She was interviewing him, and Kevin yeah, Spacey was oh, in yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very confusing. Like, I get. I don't understand if that was like. I don't understand why Amy was, or yeah, why Amy Irving needed to be more brown. Because she's well, not her last at name all. Is Melendez, but, right? But she's <laughs> but she's right. not Puerto Rican. But she's super yeah. white, even. Is she, yeah. There's there's <laughs> a like okay a so slightly tanned. But there's she's, several there's several close ups in this movie, mm-hmm. right? Of her, and so like there's one specifically after she gets drugged, where it's like I think they forgot to put the makeup on her. <laughs> she, she, I know what you're saying. Yeah, she was kind of messed up, and she just yeah. looked like a white woman. So uh-huh. it's like it's very jarring because you're just like, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> like it. That was for greedy I, realism. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> because let's say Amy Irving spent a lot of time on the sun, right? <laughs> don't try to legitimize this. <laughs> no, I. But no. So what? I, what? I, what I'm asking is, let's say that she tanned on the beach all day right i don't think she would 
I don't think she's capable of being that brown, right? Like, I mean, because mm. that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was like a like a natural tan. It looked like they just put like bronzer on her. Uh, yeah, and then, you know what I mean. Like, I think, I think one, she would burn, right? But yeah. two, like she, would, I don't, I don't know if she would get that complexion, right? Like Andy Garcia. Maybe again, he was he was browner than I've seen him. He was coated so. <laughs> extra Latin. Yeah, he had the beard <laughs> and the hair, and he then he had the guayabera on, and yeah, yeah, he was yeah, very yeah. passionate. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess they had they had to make it look like she has lived here long enough, but she's yeah. only gone from her office to her job, <laughs> from her office to her home, and her home to her office. We never see her. Having fun in the daytime, only no, just no, no. skulking around and yeah. <laughs> interviewing people. <laughs> because Robert Duvall is not tan at all. No, right? he's like, not he, even here. <laughs> uh, I mean, Amy at least came over, but it, it's hilarious because the office for the Robert Duvall scenes has this huge blue screen window with yeah. a view to the mm-hmm. bay with the same cruise ship yeah. parked all the time. Uh, <laughs> so he's not even away. here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it's, well, it was I, kind of cheap looking. <laughs> I also want to get your opinion on because thank goodness, although Amy Irving does speak Spanish sparingly throughout the movie, she does not try to do an accent. Mm. Um, but how would you how would you grade the accents in this movie? Was there anybody that you were I just mean, like? Lou Diamond Phillips was really <laughs> murdering that accent with a bunch of knives. He was like, huh, huh. It was it was I it's 1990, but I'm they're so informed by 80s Latin mm-hmm. movie like characters in in movies because he was like yeah. we obviously accents vary, but nobody has that speech pattern like eh, eh, yeah, and we're gonna yeah, da, 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 eh, 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 eh. and he and he was like what 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 where do you think you are I mm-hmm. I don't know if they told them like up up the yeah. accent. <laughs> just like no. a meter just dial it up yeah no, yeah they're like you're a shark in west side story like the other accents uh, uh the taxi cu- the taxi driver's accent didn't didn't sound as put up like yeah. blue diamonds yeah but everybody was full on like we're in san salvador in an arnold schwarzenegger movie yeah, that because that was very confusing to me. Like, I not quite sure. I mean, Lou Diamond's Phillips character was really just like the most like toxic Latino, st- like all the tropes, stereotype all the stereotypes. Like, you know, everything meant to scare you. And I guess he was bad, but it was just like pull back a little bit. All right, like <laughs> he's already like setting these kids up to get murdered. Like we don't really have to make him like a theoretical rapist and like a cockfighter and like all these other things where it's just like just let him be a, a like a slimy informant dude and like that's we got it and that's it know? yeah his um, clothes were so tight, were so tight. i know <laughs> i mean he, he's a good looking man but we, we don't have to go that far with it yeah. <laughs> there was one more question oh please tell us because before we got on we we're talking about just again this is a movie about puerto rico with I think only one Puerto Rican in it in a in a main major role, which would be mm-hmm. Eric Estrada, who is Puerto Rican. I just learned. 
uh, uh, everybody, he as well. else, <laughs> <laughs> everybody else is either like, a white person or like a varying other ethnicities, but like not Puerto Rican, like mm-hmm. Andy Garcia is Cuban. And I'm sure like, yes, the, the extras and the people in and around hopefully are Puerto Rican, but like you were saying that there were some notable Puerto Ricans in the movie that kind of had bit parts throughout. Yeah, I I'm horrible with names, but I'll just <laughs> rattle off like uh, the the family of the victims were yeah. Puerto Rican actors. The student, uh, the student kid, the one with the yeah. earring and the little yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Um, there's a brief glance at a television set, and there's a like another reporter inside the television, and he's mm. like a famous guy. And I'm sure I'm missing a couple others, but it did seem like tertiary characters were were mostly Puerto Rican local Puerto Rican actors. And yeah, the the one who stood out the most was the the wife uh, with the baby because she yeah. was. She actually had very few lines, but she killed it. Like she seemed angry yeah. and resentful yeah. and she was in a whole nother movie. I mean, she was probably angry and resentful of her role in the movie. <laughs> like, she was like I should be the this star of this movie. Why? <laughs> yes. I'm not sure if the fourth, um, if the fourth independentista yeah. uh, was a Puerto Rican actor because I'm horrible with names and faces, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if it was. Well, Cameron, how are you feeling uh, about <laughs> everything that you've heard? <laughs> In your head, it must be confident. like the psychedelic, <laughs> weirdest movie ever because it we've jumped from so many topics. We've yeah. we've seen weirder trust on this, on <laughs> yeah. this podcast, but it doesn't give me a whole lot of faith. I will say oh, that well, it doesn't I mean, leave should, me with a lot of faith in this movie. You shouldn't have any faith in this movie. <laughs> I mean, all I got to go off of is like, I've been listening to y'all and I got yeah. this DVD cover and the, yeah. <laughs> which is just, Ooh. just bad She's news part of bears. The flag. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't even get that until now. Oh my God. It is. Coming to save us all. Yeah. Yes. Whatever. Fuck that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and that trailer that is um, just like, I mean, now that I think about it, that trailer does feel like two or three different movies mm-hmm. that kind of got mushed up into one 90 minute, you know, affair. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. This is sounds kind of whack. And yeah, the the Bernardo dark skinning of people doesn't give me <laughs> a whole lot of faith either. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie in terms of like being a movie, right? Like the way that information is delivered, like the way that you learn about characters, or even like the as the information that the movie feels like you need to know about characters is so varied and random that like by the end of the movie, like Andy Garcia doesn't come into play until maybe the last twenty minutes of the mm-hmm. movie. What? Like wait, he, wait, 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 wait! Y'all were talking about him like kind of the entire time because he's the yeah. big lawyer guy who does the reveal of the bodies. Because the in in the third act when it becomes a trial movie, yeah. it it he he corners the, he corners the coroner yeah. <laughs> into saying that they died of bullet wounds. But they were beat up before they were murdered. So he's saying like, no, the, there's contusions, but it, they, they're not, they don't mean anything. And he right. brings out these, I don't know, 72 by 
Yeah. 72 by, I don't know, 80 something so wide huge photos. Blown up pictures, yeah. With the family in the, in the, you know, the family is right there. And he, yeah. and he has butcher paper on them and he goes like, and then, oh my God. and he reveals these huge pictures of, of the kids, uh, dying and bleeding out in front of the families. And everybody gasps, oh, this is the big moment where, and then eventually he gets an American coroner who can come in and say that they actually died in. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like it's, that. It's very strange. Because, <laughs> like, the trial itself feels rushed. Like, it feels like we needed to just get through this part of the movie so we can get to Andy Garcia taking a bite out of a snow cone. To, like, <laughs> it was so <laughs> random. And... <laughs> That was so random. I can tell the flavor out of it too. He definitely had raspberry. Um, yeah, the the this movie, this movie could have been just the trial, and it would have been yeah. great. But it could have been just the trial, yeah. but but it also is like very strange how because like it just ends right, like mm-hmm. the trial just is over. Like well, then like yeah, you know, people are watching it, and they're just kind of like. Her oomph, like there's a lot of just like general like <laughs> mumble mumble. Yeah, you know, random Puerto Ricans around the island like watching, just like mm, like this doesn't seem good. And but we don't get any actual fallout of it because we have to get back to what Kate's doing and like her possibly being you know murdered by this FBI agent. Because it's also very clumsy, just in the sense of like Andy Garcia. Yes. Andy Garcia <laughs> comes out the courtroom. He sees Kate talking to Kevin Spacey. He sees the like news team like putting their stuff away, and he's like, "Wait a minute!" Like, but he does go, these go really up, vague things, like, "Like up, up, down, yeah, like up, <laughs> up." And then the camera guy's like, "Ha oh, ha, oh, yeah, I get it." And I'm like, "How did you get it?" <laughs> yeah, I was very confused as to what he was doing. But then for some reason, he just hides behind a snow cone stand, and then I guess purchases one. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like "Oh my I god, hide out! I gotta." <laughs> I gotta make it look real. That government guy is totally gonna unload the secrets of all this whole operation. Also, can I have a piragua in Rambuesa, please? <laughs> I am very thirsty. I just had this huge trial. And then he chomps on it. He chomps on it. <laughs> it's a very like yeah, exactly like that though. Like it's like this like, exaggerated so- bite. Is it but like is it like a bite like and we did it? Yeah, he's you like I mean? like popcorn. Like he would like it would be a nice substitute for the men popcorn. <laughs> yeah, he's taking a bite out of justice. You know, what I mean? and so- then, like, uh- <laughs> Andy Garcia is the new McGruff, the crime boss. <laughs> yes, but then Kevin Spacey literally just walks away. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, in, in a way that's almost like. Very much Ray J, I don't care energy. Just like, all right. Yeah, like, like whatever. All right. I don't you, care. You just caught me admitting that I, you know, set these people up and like threatened to murder a reporter, but like also I'm an American FBI agent. What do you Puerto Rico's gonna do about it? Like you, you gotta throw that you gotta throw that drop in there. You gotta throw Ray J's I don't care. Oh, I gotta get that, yeah. I don't okay. I'll 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 throw it in, in the post. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just a little. So just a little context, because there's not a lot of behind the scenes for this movie, for you know obvious reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a lot of information out there. I mean, literally, if you go to if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, there's only one review, and it's a D plus. Oh no! What? (laughs) It's a plus, though. It's a plus. 
<laughs> the audience positive. score is 26 but yeah like this this was a movie i think that was not seen purposefully uh oh. but obviously you know you know we have our our loves here so if you go to imdb it's got a well i think this is the new game that we need to do what do you what do you think it has on imdb this is cameron's guess this or, is both. Or both of our guests both of our yeah. guests two stars i don't know the imdb okay. I'm gonna go with because <laughs> I know I I know IMDb be wild. Mm-hmm. Somebody and I know like a hundred people probably saw it and was like, "This is riveting." <laughs> to, off, to offset it, so I'm gonna go with like a five point five. Close. It's a five point three. Yo, what? I'm I'm killing this yeah, game, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do need to do this game more often. Yeah, it's um got seven hundred reviews, and you know like. Two, three hundred of those people were like, this is cinema. <laughs> yeah. No. Then, it's really only got five, like, like people, only five people took the time to, like, write a review, and the rest of those are just people giving it stars. <laughs> but if you go to our favorite, Amazon, what do you think it has there? Baby, I'm giving it, I'm giving it four stars. Okay. I, I, three, two? Four and a half. What? Uh, out of 71. So 71, 71 reviews. Yeah. 71 reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of Joe Roger Eberts out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as we always talk about, the dangers of these movies is that they are shown and people take them as fact, right? Like I learned something mm. about something because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the movie said that this is what happened. And like, <laughs> even though this movie, like, Two times before the movie starts, it's kind of like, all right, th- this, we kind of like fudge some of this. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, it's like, also, oh, yeah, like, don't, you know, think the FBI had anything to do with this. Um, <laughs> like, it is trying to show something, some historical thing that happened in Puerto Rico. So, yeah, I mean, these are known as the, the Sierra Maravilla murders. And they happened in 1978 in July. It happens more or less the way that the movie portrays in the sense of two student activists were murdered by the police. Um, it was Carlos Enrique Sato Arrivi and um, one of the, yeah, Arnaldo Dario Rosado Torres. And they were ambushed by the police as they were basically lured into, you know, coming to this, uh, you know, radio tower to a lot of varying accounts that you can read online, whether they were actually going to blow it up, whether they were going to, you know, read a manifesto, whether they were going to do whatever they were going to do. They never got a chance to do it because the police tortured them and killed them. Mm-hmm. Again, in a similar way, you know, the American government did intervene and kind of like have a trial, you know, to say, oh, OK, yeah, like, let's let's look into this. We really need to figure this out. And they're like, oh, nothing bad happened here. Like, let's all move on. Uh, but local journalists and other activists got involved and like kept asking questions and more witnesses turned up and more evidence turned up and so they actually went to like a for real trial and that's where yeah i think like 10 officers were found out to have like brutally murdered and tortured and killed you know these two activists and you know it's a very it's a very like again puerto rico's political history and puerto rico is just history as a as a country is very fraught and like complicated like there's a lot of moving parts to to learn about and like figure out so like 
you know, I would advise people if you're listening to this, like actually like do research into it because like there's more mm-hmm. than we'll have time to actually get into, you know, just on this podcast. But I mean, I don't think anybody is taking this movie at face value. Hopefully, like, I, I mean, but, but damn, <laughs> the seventy-one stars. people that watch this movie—you <laughs> 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 know, I don't think the they're not taking it to you, heart. Right, the reviews tell you on his face, right there. <laughs> right. Oof. Yeah, I would hope that that even even when it came out, people actually researched a little bit, other than take this into face value they did yeah they did yeah I mean, they didn't write you know they didn't know. you know they didn't because that's the thing i was really hoping to find like a puerto rican review of this movie either like by you know somebody at the time that it came out or just like you know looking back on it because like you were saying rosa like there's not really a ton of movies about puerto rico in the sense of like specific events like this but then also just like in terms of larger, like bigger productions, this is not, this was a made for TV movie, but it was still made by Paramount Pictures. Like it was mm-hmm. still a movie that was like made and distributed by Amer- like a major American, um, you know, production company. So like in terms of that, in terms of having the opportunity to like tell a story, which is important to Puerto Rico, like it's not often that something like that gets made. So the fact that this was made, and told this way and is like very close to the actual events too right you know like it wasn't yeah it wasn't like this was made in like 2000 or like mm-hmm. anything like that it was just like oh yeah that happened a few years ago and i'm very curious as to like whose idea it was to make this movie because as we always speculate like i don't think this movie was made for puerto ricans like i don't think this no. was a movie for puerto ricans oh, no. to watch and be like oh yeah like this important moment in our history like you know we can it's dramatized you know like all of these movies again even like all the president's men and like all these like movies about historical moments in time there's a lot of added fictionalized things because it's a movie but because also like you know it's probably more exciting if it happens this way than if it happens that way right um but like i don't get the sense at all that they were like I wonder how Puerto Ricans are gonna receive <laughs> a show of force. I think it was. I just don't think like, that yeah. question was asked. <laughs> no, not at all. In the production process, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how many people here are, are even aware of the movie because I, like I said, I really don't remember when I first heard about it. Mm. But recently, uh, I was like, oh well, you know, you gotta see this. This is like so weird. And a lot of people were like, oh, I wasn't even aware that this was made at all. So it, yeah. it probably flew by the heads of everybody here in the 90s because whatever. And it's become this little this little time capsule of, oh, look at mm. that. Because when you Google movies about Puerto Rico that are not made in Puerto Rico, then mm. uh, it's the only films that come up are films that that use Puerto Rico as a location, not right. as Puerto Rico, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a whole bunch. We, we get a lot of film production here, but it's, it's never, there hasn't been a movie where the, the other side, right. The, um, the American side comes in and, and tries to figure out a situation and digest it and make it so that even, other people can understand it despite the cultural differences, yeah. right? So then this movie comes along and it's just full on like, oh, look at this this 
woman uh, fixed the whole problem of the island and its relationship to the U.S. government in one fell swoop of a, right. of a camera, of a TV camera. And there's not much else that I that that I could have brought to the podcast because there's nothing there's no there's no white savioring here at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> there's 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 colonialism. Yeah, uh, exactly. Is, you the know, plagues. faux show sounds some like white it. some white people might be like, yeah, well, that's a good thing, right? Like we're right, saving. like but Kate so, really worked hard and she really yeah. did help. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, let's let's think about how we could reinvent this movie. And the thing that really came to mind for me was almost like if you take the Fruitvale Station route of like tell the mm. movie from the perspective of, you know, this the students who got murdered, you know, like what mm. was going on with them? What were they advocating for? What were they fighting for? You know, what were their intentions? And obviously, you know, like it's it's always tricky and difficult to speak for people who have passed. Right. Like you mm-hmm. can't really say you can't interview them and like. I'm sure there were detailed journals that they kept that said, this is exactly what we were, you know, thinking and yeah. about to go do. But I think obviously there were people in the same, you know, groups and circles with them that you could talk to and interview and get information on. And like, I, I think a really nice way of, of reworking the story would be almost like a Rashomon type of thing where yeah. you have oh, yeah. the story from, because the police officers are locals too. So right. they have their own ideology that that makes them that makes them like feel like they whatever it's, they suck, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they suck regardless. But yeah, it would be nice to see like different points of view, especially because one of the key things that moves the trial along is the taxi driver changes his story mm-hmm. to so that and, and then everything clicks. So it would be nice to build up the different points of view so that people start like recreating the story in their heads and then the taxi right. driver comes in and with the with the missing piece in the third act exactly. hire us no <laughs> <laughs> well because i i think what's missing absolutely from this movie is like the stakes like the stakes are is kate gonna get the story right mm-hmm. like, is, is, is kate gonna get to the bottom of what actually happens here and not like the the way that Puerto Ricans view, you know, their government and the way that Puerto Ricans view, you know, like activist groups within the country. Before this, you know, like it was it was made out that, oh, like these people are a problem. Like these people are advocating for something that is going to be very similar to the civil rights movement. Right. Like people like to look back on it and think everybody was behind Martin Luther King and everybody was behind Malcolm X and everybody was behind. There was a lot of black people that was like, I don't know if we should be doing that because that seems like it's making white people upset and like maybe we should like <laughs> you know kind of not push them and agitate them in that way right like and it was very similar in puerto rico where people were like i mean do we really want to you know keep pushing these things because like you know what if it what if it doesn't end up the way that we think it's going to end up right and so mm-hmm. i think big change in the people like that is always there's always going to be some hesitation in the sense of like obviously the unknown but also like when you're so used to the status quo and somebody's telling you that like oh no like this is even if you know it's bad you know internally you're, you're also just like but real life consequences are going to happen right like right. in order to actually get the change that we're asking for like bad stuff probably is going to have to go down 
to get to that place. And so, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of people who are like, I don't know, like, you know, these people are, you know, not even just causing a lot of trouble. And even, you know, Rosa, if you want to speak to, you know, in the 1950s, um, you know, where there was, you know, a group of Puerto Ricans who. <laughs> it was a full out war. House. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I wish some. Yeah, we, I need to to do a graphic novel about that or, or something, because, yeah, it, it when you when you're born here and, and you have these huge lagoons in your history and you don't know all of the things that happen, then you find out that, oh, in the 50s, everybody, uh, the the nationalists. Uh, which are slightly different from the in pro-independence movement. The nationalists just uh, decided to get really organized and they actually took towns yeah. and they got bombed. And it was like a full little war. Um, and, and that violence built up to later on to Lolita and, and the other guys going to the capital, to, to your capital mm-hmm. building and shooting shooting it up and and then that that splintered into different groups and then they did some uh i don't know some uh violent acts in new york and Mm -hmm. stole a bunch of money and and there were political prisoners uh up to the other day (laughs) the last one got released the other day oscar serrano and they were actual political prisoners seditionists seditionists mm-hmm. seditionists yeah. and um and so you have all of this and then all of a sudden uh kind of after Cerro Maravilla and you get the validation that yes they are surveilling you there there was problems with the same problems with Cointel Pro and and you have all of this and 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 they actually managed to to stamp down that that radicalism in in the independence movements to the point where um well you don't see it anymore mm, and yeah. the last the last person was not the last person but right they they the fbi killed filiberto ojeda the the last of the the one of the more radical branches and they killed him on a specific day to like the date had a meaning specifically yeah. to send a message and and it was like and and that happened like not that long ago and again i'm sorry i don't remember the date i'm not a history buff but all of these things happen but you don't get taught in school about these things so you so people eventually forget and 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 it's mm-hmm. a generation generational divide too because i while researching some stuff for for a comic I did for the Nib about the separatist movement across the ages in Puerto Rico, um, I would talk to to other people's parents, and they were like, "Oh, you're gonna write about that terrorist? He killed a bunch of people." It's like, well, technically, he didn't kill tons of people because he wasn't charged with anything, and he's just there, and it it's still a point of contention to the to yeah, mm-hmm. and you could see it like. When Romero Barcelo died and everybody was like, yes. Uh, and still some people were like, well, you're going too far. And it's like, but he killed two people. <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing, right? Like this movie never really gives us any insight into not only just like the politics of Puerto Rico, but like the general mm-hmm. feeling. And again, the complexity of what all of these things mean to Puerto Ricans and how, you know, those, those different conversations. Like I like your idea of it being a Rashomon kind of thing because i feel like that would be 
closest to you know the reality of all these different perspectives and, and the way that people look at not only just events and moments like that but when there's all these different sides kind of convening on this one you know historical moment right like you've got american interests you've got the interests of the puerto rican government you've got the police officers you've got the activists and then you've got the just the general you know public of puerto rico who are all kind of witnessing and, and weighing on on this one particular event you know like it's not going to be a straightforward story again like this was a very straightforward film like it was just like there's corruption we're going to get to the bottom of it things are better now like i think that's the other part of this movie and a lot of these movies where like it ends and it's that that celebratory fist pump that she has at the end um, and that huge bite of snow cone that Andy Garcia takes <laughs> Make you feel like something happened, like there was change, positive change. Yes, like like look, uh, grassroots journalism, and we banded together, and we we did it, yeah. guys. But I can't really tell you what you're supposed to take away in terms of like what actually changed, because we don't even get like, oh, and all the officers were charged, or like, and and you know, Kevin Spacey's character like was put on trial, you know, back in America. No, or, it's mostly you know, like, it's well, like, you know. Kate got her ratings a little bit because <laughs> she was the only reporter doing commentary, yeah. and and that's it. That's the that's the story. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yes. Well, let's get to our Caucasity rankings. Um, I've got a I've got a new special one for the third one that we're gonna get to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rosie, you listen to the show, so you know yes. how we get down. But for people who may be new or people who just want to hear us, you know, go over it again. <laughs> we've got three levels of caucasity that we rank these movies on. The first level is Shorts in the Winter. Obviously, I don't know if there's an equivalent for Puerto Rico because I know, like I've it's... been racking my head thinking, <laughs> how can I make equivalents for this for the caucasity meter? Um, yeah. uh, to me, it would be like uh a surfer with a white surfer with dreads. Yeah. Is uh, the yeah. equivalent. Just flopping around on the beach. <laughs> yeah. White dreads are a, are a podcast in and of itself. And just like the <laughs> everything that goes into that, like the thought process behind it, like the really energy like, or lack thereof. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm always curious just to like ask the question of like why, why you made that decision. Just but why? I, I it is it is similar energy though of like all right we all know it's cold outside right like we're, this isn't this isn't a debate my phone says that it's 34 degrees and the feels like it's 20 you know what i mean like it is objectively <laughs> cold you know like there's no questions about it um and yet you insist on not just wearing shorts but like wearing them out in the world you know what I mean? like <laughs> right. it's not like a quick jot down to the mailbox or whatever it's like <laughs> i am i am far away from my home in shorts <laughs> with no plans to return anytime soon you know what I mean? <laughs> and so and i guess in the not, same way it's like you're not black but you're wearing a black hairstyle that mm -hmm. your hair doesn't even do the thing that's necessary for it to <laughs> be like that okay and yeah and you know like you're you're walking around very much so like this is this isn't a natural thing i'm I mean? doing like, i'm just living my life yeah 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 what's like, the problem yeah so not hurting us you know in any 
visceral way, but still a confusing and interesting choice that they're making. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam, what's the second level? Second level of caucasity would be touching your hair. It's another hair-related mm. level. The second <laughs> level is now, now, now a hand has entered your space with an act of violence. Definitely not asking. Definitely not like, you know, asking, hey, how are you? What's your hair doing? Can I touch it? No, they probably already touched your hair. The hand's probably yeah. like scalp deep already. And you're just like trying to get away as quick as possible before you have to, you know, rip off a hand. But basically the idea is that something has been done to you now, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's not just like, ooh, it was a weird question. No, this is like, no, I'm invading your space and I don't, I'm not worried about your personal space. Yeah. I think the equivalent for that would be somebody interrupting the conversation to comment about how good your English is. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. I was gonna say like <laughs> I've seen was... it happen in real time and it's like <laughs> the most embarrassing thing in the world. Yeah. For them, for them, obviously. Yeah. But it's like the it's... most embarrassing thing in the world. Cause it's like, what did you offer to the conversation? <laughs> Other than a whack compliment that no one asked for. Yeah. Well, so it's like, uh, well, if I didn't have good It's not even a compliment. Talk that's what I was to gonna me? say. I don't but that's a I don't I don't know what they believe it to be it's definitely not a compliment it is a violence in and of itself but uh, <laughs> 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 yeah i was i was also going to say i feel like after they touch your hair they probably have like you know an entry in their notes app that's just like felt like i thought it would you know like just like just keeping track see you later it's like yeah it's really crazy going on in there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Level three is uh, a new one that just happened this Monday, Martin Luther King Day. It is. (laughs) Don't bring him into this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the one that's going to bring him into this, but. (laughs) Oh, geez. uh, A little, a little context for a clip I'm about to play you because what a time. Uh, So this is. This is a clip of an, a sports reporter, Darren Ravel, who is known for just saying some wild and outlandish and cr- some crazy stuff. And so on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, <laughs> there was a, a Twitter spaces conversation happening about something completely different. It was for a Miami Hurricanes football talk. Yeah. He jumps in apropos of nothing. <laughs> And says the following to the fan base, so we everybody can get on the same page. Sure, I have I have uh, over nine MLK signed items. I am a humongous fan of what he's done, uh, and over the last seven years, I've collected a lot of things. Uh, it's not only MLK; it's a lot of Black history. I own a Rosa Parks uh, signed NAACP card. So it was pretty shocking today how I was called racist um, when when I am a student and lover of black history. And it was it was I never expected the reaction that I that I got today. Hmm. That hmm is I'm so, so telling. I'm sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> if people think that a white man can't enjoy black history. Right. I'm sorry. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I really am. It, I'm sorry if people think that a white man uh, can't uh, uh, love Martin Luther King. But to me, that seems pretty counterintuitive. Two things. Two things about that clip. <laughs> Two things about that clip. One, you don't get a pass because you collect black culture memorabilia like fucking baseball cards, you idiot. It's like Pokemon cards. <laughs> My dude was like asking for clout because he collected a Rosa Parks original jersey. Said nah on the back. I got the I got the Rosa Parks rookie year. Uh, I got the original rookie year Rosa. No, this guy number two. Number two. When any white man apologizes with that tone of voice, like I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're not sorry. For sure. I've heard that I'm sorry so many fucking times in my life. Just like I'm sorry if I'm too woke for you, sir. Like, I, that whole love, conversation is luckily it happened on Twitter spaces so he couldn't yeah. get knocked the fuck out but, <laughs> I, but I, love, I love the idea of <laughs> I love the idea of like cause it's, 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 it's another level of I have a black friend right like it's not even I don't even have a black friend I have black memorabilia like I have I can pull it out and show you, you know, like this random, like it's the kind of stuff when you look at what he actually has in his that, collection. That right there is the muffler from the bus that Rosa <laughs> Parks <laughs> did not get up from her seat on. That is the muffler. You tell oh me God. if I'm an ally or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? But That's like so weird. So my favorite part is he he boasts about on Twitter, like in a separate tweet following this brand that he has the largest collection of martin luther king jr memorabilia which is he estimates at more than nine <laughs> we should as black people what? like run up on this nigga <laughs> just just run up and stomp him out and take his memorabilia because he obviously doesn't know what to do with it other than brag on twitter which is the I'm last very, thing you should do i'm very intrigued into what like, do you think he has, is it like, are they in cases? Like, does he have like a whole room dedicated? <laughs> yeah, I'm very to curious too about what like... constitutes the memorabilia. Yeah. Like, maybe are he they... should open an Instagram account to document these nine pieces. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Just, just like shots of him, like holding up, like, this is <laughs> her bus card. <laughs> like, does he it. give you, does he give you a tour when you come in? Like, where in the house is it? Is it in the mm -hmm. basement? Is it like right? <laughs> In the like entryway when you walk into the house, is it in his bedroom? Like, I need more specifics. I want to so say like, the basement. It's like it's the whole oh, yeah, full of yeah. posters. Yeah, Martin Luther King posters everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a bunch of guns down there too. So you know, like he ain't he ain't who he says he is. You know that. <laughs> yes, but all of that energy, right? Like to not only. <laughs> interrupt a conversation that has nothing to do with what's going on to insist emphatically that you cannot be racist because you own random pieces <laughs> of like like not even like historical things just like here's a stool 
you know, from a from a from a sit-in. You know what I mean? Like here's just like random stuff that I've collected. It's like in order to know I love white people or I can tolerate white people. I don't know. I I had a chair that Mr. Rogers farted into. Yeah. Like I don't. No one cares, dude. No I've one got cares. A, got an autograph? Say anything poster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the whole cast. Um, everybody yeah no but it's it's that energy of just like you can't even don't tell me that i'm racist because random example right you know what i mean like the right right the audacity and caucasity that you are (laughs) so right you know like you know you know black people because i have things that they once touched and so <laughs> there's nothing it's getting that worse and worse. <laughs> but it's it, that's what he believes but he said it with his whole chest you know what i mean like the, he the, only got louder the, the indignant nature of that clip i think is just what makes it but yeah my favorite part is the dude who's just like anyways uh <laughs> and then he jumps yeah, back like, in after yeah. that to like finish off his thought you know what i mean so like <laughs> I'm that's not done. The- I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> that's the ultimate level. Uh, so, Rosa, where do you Peak see Caucasity? Yeah, where do you see this movie landing? I want to say in the second level because okay. it it flattens everything that's important, but it makes it the movie so silly. <laughs> uh, uh, it's so silly that I don't. Even though it, it surprisingly got a lot of really great reviews mm-hmm. on IMDb and Amazon, uh, I don't think that that it caused a whole bunch of harm if it had been like something like I don't know, like the Chicago Five movie that came yeah. that came oh, out the oh. the other day. Like if it had taken itself really seriously and tried to really put all of these uh, fictions as a truth, then I would have gone for the third level. Yeah. Yeah, that, that movie's pretty rough. Uh, Cam, yeah, I don't, Cam, give me like just based on what you've heard, <laughs> having <laughs> not seen the movie at all. <laughs> what do you think you would put this movie on the cookhouse? Well, it's definitely touching my hair off of the brown <laughs> face alone. All right, um, you, you give me hope for when I watch it. Um, hmm. Rosa, because you say it, it, it does depict the events. However, it just, like you said, flattens them and kind yeah. of makes them, like you said, Jordan, without stakes. It kind of gives them like no real, they're not heightened the way yeah. that they should be in order to have a certain impact, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially when there's like a drought of cinema by and for the people of Puerto Rico. So it's, it's unfortunate. It just seems like a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess I'm, I would have to say it's like touching my hair, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I am tempted to give it uh, Darren Rovell's Civil Rights Collection, <laughs> only because <laughs> simply for the scene of her talking to this black woman who works for the quote unquote Civil Rights Department with the Martin Luther King Jr. Poster and the in her Bobby office. Kennedy was it? The, I think it was Bobby Kennedy too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like to have that woman have to like audaciously defend 
America. It's 1978, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not that far removed from them killing Martin Luther King Jr., from killing Malcolm X, from them killing Medgar Evers, from them killing various and sundry other people that, you know, like, who knows, like, what they're up to. You know, like, COINTELPRO still going on, you know what I mean? Still, still. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, for her to be, like, the government killed activists? What? I don't believe you. (laughs) It's just like, come on, lady. Like, I I don't know where you've been living or what you've been up to, but, like. (laughs) What you talking about, Kate? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and, and to the, like. Like, it's a white woman asking you questions, right? So it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you, you're, you're, Amer- you're the government in that situation. You're America in that situation. And you're like telling her that America would never do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just wild to me. Yeah. Um, I almost did a full speech. <laughs> but in the larger sense, the movie is very uh, just boilerplate and like, does have that i don't know what like tv station this would get played on you know in in terms of like who would make a tv movie like this like this might be like you know when like abc or you know nbc used to like make movie like have movie events you know oh yeah some of those are kind of good right you know because it's like it's a it's a movie that wants to be important it's a movie that wants to be you know like the purveyor of a particular history but again you can't have you can't have scenes like <laughs> when andy garcia takes a bite out of that snow cone <laughs> and like you can't have scenes i mean he takes other a ra- bite out of justice <laughs> <laughs> just other ra- like the scene where her daughter is combing her hair and she's like in a daze i guess i can't tell if she's still recovering from being drugged or if she's just really sad that she's not Quote, unquote, she lost on her the purpose yeah, yeah because she doesn't know. yeah and she's just she's just <laughs> like like for forlornly watching rocky and bullwinkle while her daughter combs her hair <laughs> like it's just like what is happening <laughs> so it's a, the movie's a little too goofy and as problematic as it is as like much of it's portraying particular stereotypes and like all of those things. Like, I guess it doesn't quite get to Darren Ravel's Civil Rights Museum, but like, it is still. <laughs> like, uh... It got upgraded to a museum very quickly. <laughs> His basement museum. <laughs> it's nine items. Yeah, it's still a movie that I, you know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not rushing to watch again. Um, mm. Are there any movies that you guys would recommend to watch instead? Yes. I'm prepared for this question. Um, Yes, actually, one of the one of the people who has portrayed a very nice Puerto Ricanidad in his movies is Spike Lee. Mm. And in Do the Right Thing, we open with a Piragua vendor and there's this huge mural with Puerto Ricans and African-Americans and stuff. And even though the movie is about stereotypes and you do have the stereotypes that all the Puerto Rican boys are together and they're loud and they're talking Spanish and they look like a little, like a little mass moving around. It's still, it, it's still 
included it when it was talking about uh right that specific part of new york that i forget right now which one it was mm -hmm. and it's so i really like that yeah and 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 to tie that the netflix series uh she's gotta have it mm -hmm. there's a particular episode where he came to puerto rico to film that's right that's right in the right and it season. was so pretty it and was actually really nice yeah And it's about Afro-Latinidad in, in Puerto Rico. And he goes to Loisa and they do Bomba. And it was very nice. And and I like the way he depicts it because obviously it's still an American outsider looking in. But he does it with such nice respect. And he actually built... It's not just setting. It, the the story needs it too, you know? And so I really, I really like that episode. I haven't watched the whole series. I just skipped to that one episode. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, uh, we have a whole bunch of movies and documentaries that are made here for us and for everybody, but that we're only just getting to the part where we, we can start to, to export them, right? Like it's like all of the movies from, From the 50s and 40s and stuff, they're in the archives, the government archives, and you can see some of them on the internet, but there are some movies that they're not in any format, right? Mm. So they're classics here, and you can't you can't find them. You have to know somebody who knows somebody who has a copy. And the younger filmmakers are more into uh are are more into distributing it well you can go to vimeo and there's a whole bunch of documentaries you can buy the the blu-rays or dvds and in various websites but we're only just getting to that so i can't just say like oh well if you go to your theaters you're gonna watch this movie right. but but we were we were blessed with this movie this year and she took it to the tribeca film festival during the pandemic so she might do more festivals later but it's called Perfume de Gardenias, uh, Gardenia perfume. Mm -hmm. And it's it's about these kooky old ladies who have to uh, make outlandish funerals. So people come come and see the dead people. And and it builds up from there. And it's uh, it's it's very beautiful. And it's made by it was made by a friend of mine. And she did such a nice work. And I thought that it was. Uh, an evolution to to us talking about our stories that are just slice of life stories, which is yep. also important, not just like political dramas or dealing mm -hmm. with our history. Sometimes you just deal with outlandish funerals. Yeah. And and so I, I would urge people to Google and, and to search out um, some stuff because uh, the it's been building up. It's been building up. For sure. And that's I think awesome. that's that's usually like some of the more important stuff right like obviously like learning the history is important and mm -hmm. like having movies that deal with like you know very impactful and pivotal moments you know in a in a people's history or in a country's history but like oftentimes the smaller things where you're just like maybe not even just like a day in the life but like here's how we see ourselves you know like mm -hmm. these are the stories and what we think about what we think about ourselves whether it is a comedy or whether it's a horror movie or whether it's, you know, like a you know, science fiction thing or like whatever it is, it's like, we're, we're given the opportunity to, to reflect ourselves and shape ourselves, you know, through art. And so, you know, like 
it's great to watch stuff like i'm gonna recommend something that's you know a little little heavier but (laughs) you know it's always great to watch things where it's just like yeah we can be we can be any and all things you know like we don't have to fit into a particular box like there's a lot of space for all of us to move around and like kind of define and redefine what it means to be puerto rican what it means to be black what it means to be like you know wherever you come from yeah my recommendation is a little bit heavier because it's it's a movie that's you know about the aftermath of hurricane uh, maria that's called landfall um by cecilia Alderando, and i think it came out just last year in 2020 last year yeah yeah um and it's it talks about and delves into a lot of different things but I think if you're looking for kind of like a contemporary look at Puerto Rico and kind of like not necessarily like up to the moment, you know, like what what people are thinking and feeling, but definitely like very close to like the now, you know, and, and kind of how because people forget that Hurricane Maria was not that long ago. Like I think in people's it minds, it's not. like, <laughs> you know, no. like, oh, yeah, like that mm. that thing that happened a while ago. And there's been subsequent events you know hurricanes and other things that have like not been as impactful and like what do you mean we've only damage, had but... like uh six months of straight up uh earthquakes in the south of the right <laughs> <laughs> you know For six so months I, I think people and when i say people i mean specifically i'm talking about americans you know one don't think about puerto rico but two when they think about puerto rico it is usually in response to a natural disaster of some sort where it's mm. like, oh yeah puerto mm. rico like that's bad uh, but it's never like, oh, I wonder what's happening in Puerto Rico just on a Tuesday, you know. Mm. But yeah, I think this movie is is it was really well done, um, and I think a good look at just a lot of different things that are happening in Puerto Rico. But I would also recommend if you haven't read it yet, Puerto Rico Strong, the anthology that Rosa is in, um, which is a is a great look at I think what we were just talking about, right? Like because it has a lot of Puerto Rican history in it. But they also just ask like personal stories about people's connection to Puerto Rico. And then there's also like some speculative stuff in there that's like, you know, like either dealing with, you know, the Taino people or um, dealing with like almost like a like a future Puerto Rico in a sense. So like it is a really cool comics anthology that kind of gives you a, a, a good look at a broad spectrum of not only just Puerto Rican, you know, creators and artists, but like Puerto Rico as a whole. So I think that should very much so still be available where you wherever you get your comics i think so too it's still available yeah yeah cam do you have any recommendations okay well i guess um since you brought up i mean i didn't see the movie but i i guess it doesn't do a really good job in like painting what seems to be american interference in another country in another in a independence movement so mm-hmm. like there are movies about that and there are big movies about that actually i would start with Spike Lee again, uh, Malcolm X, Mm -hmm. that kind of takes, it doesn't take a stance on kind of the big question surrounding him, which is like who killed him and why. But it does, I think that's where the, I like the later act of that movie kind of succeeds is like that the government obviously was involved, right? And um they used people within his circle to uh carry out what they were trying to do yeah um, but the movie doesn't get into it explicit about it because it doesn't know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't know so right. that's where the movie 
I mean, it honestly succeeds in trying to show you something that is hurtful, but also vague as a as a result of like how it was carried out. So uh, th- there's there's something that's kind of interesting about that movie. Um, something that's a little bit more direct, though, um, was Judas and the Black Messiah from last year, mm-hmm. which actually takes um, the man who was credited with being involved with the FBI's uh, assassination of Fred Hampton, uh, chairman of the Black Panther Party. So where I, I liked how you kind of went for the Rosa, you were talking about the Rashomon aspect to what could have happened here in this movie. And I thought, mm-hmm. even though Judas and the Black Messiah is like, no, this person did it. We have like, he he testified about it we can actually go back and see that he did like, you know, rat these people out for lack of a better word. Um, It does do its best to tell a story about a person who was conflicted about carrying that out. And with that comes like, you know, the, an understanding of the circumstances that that person was in. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's what it probably is a hell of a lot of missing from this movie, a show of four, sadly, yeah. <laughs> which probably yes. would have made that movie much more interesting, right? You oh, have, for sure. you just have the, you're talking about, you have this vague um, news reporter character, Kate, who is just like pretty much a white person's avatar for entering the story. Mm-hmm. But Judas and the Black Messiah eschews all that for the person who actually, you know, committed the crime. And, yeah when you're given that character and when uh, a movie is interested in investigating that kind of character, you're giving, you're given something that's much more colorful mm-hmm. and uh, much more daring, honestly, in trying to, you know, uncover, did he, you know, did he hate his own people? Did he yeah. hate himself? Did, what are the questions involved in like, why did he carry out something that was so heinous? And that's, you know, widely known as so heinous. So I'd go with, Sadly, stories about assassinations, but hmm, I yeah. think something more um, interesting and investigative about those kind of things. I agree. Yeah. It would like from that point of view, then you could have gotten the the police officer that that confesses. Right. Then, yeah. That sounds yeah. like a much more interesting story already. All of that is very rushed. Like Erica Strada literally just shows up. Hello. to her house and like knocks on her door and says i would like to confess again not to the prosecutor no. but to to the <laughs> reporter to the reporter <laughs> who is i guess vaguely involved in the trial and that she is reporting it as it happens you know what i mean and mm-hmm. she goes to like not because i think from what i understand it's all poorly explained but i think the news station she originally is at is like the big news station and then mm. she goes down to like almost a rinky dink public access station where I like don't the understand the rinky dink. Yeah, I was gonna mention it before, but I don't understand the rinky dink uh, at all because uh, there's no stations that look like that. She would have just gone to the other station. Yeah, that was just as big <laughs> as the other. It's like no. Yeah, she goes to this new station where the guy who's running it is also like the anchor of the nightly news show and is like. So it's like 
at his wits end like just sweating profusely because he's running around handling everything uh-huh. in terms of the running of the and station. everything's dingy everything's broken yeah. and it makes no sense that it would be that way because yeah so the I local guess... channels were very big either way and i think i think all the channels ended up broadcasting the trial anyway that's what i was going to say too because it's very confusing why erica strata would be watching that channel Unless that mm-hmm. channel is the only channel that is <laughs> like covering no, this trial, but in the story, that's how yeah. she gets the the right because right. she has exclusive rights to broadcast the trial that nobody gave her. Right, and she's the one who knows the other the opposition's party, so that they can give permission for her to right. record, and then she she's gonna make him famous, the, right. the station, and everybody. You know, I'm not sure how you you got enough people to promo it that quickly, but yeah. I guess, word I guess, of mouth yeah, yeah. amazing marketing campaign yeah <laughs> <laughs> well rosa thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about not just this movie but puerto rico and you know a bunch of other stuff it's really great to have that perspective just because like you know one of the things i i want to do this year is definitely learn more about you know puerto rican history but also just like get more into it's the complicated and, yeah you know what i mean so <laughs> and that's the thing i mean like trying to learn about this stuff it's good just to have different perspectives and like hear different like even like you were saying like if you talk to an older generation about this this particular event you know you're going to get a very different outlook at it than if you talk to you know younger people who are kind of coming into it devoid not necessarily like from history but like having not lived that history and having like Mm -hmm. a longer view of things you know, you're definitely going to say, oh, yeah, no, that was bad, you know, as opposed to like living through it, a lot of other complicated things going on in real time where you're just like, mm, OK, you know, I have varying feelings about this. So, yeah, um, yeah, Puerto Rican history is is very interesting and very fascinating, but also like, you know, it's it's work to get into. Like, it's not, you know, a simple, straightforward, linear kind of thing. Um, but for everybody listening, again, please Plug those podcasts that you do. Plug all the work that you have. Tell people where they can find you on the internet. All that good stuff. Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter, so they can find me at Soda Pop Comics, and there you'll get all the rants, all the rants, and all the complaints. <laughs> and right now, I don't have a big project to plug, but I'm just doing gigs and and living life. But yeah. um, I do have my art collective, and you can look for us at on Instagram because the girls don't like Twitter on Instagram as at less that's L E S underscore I N S U less Insu. And this month we're starting a small project where we try to uh, condense uh, a news or a, a, oh, damn it, I don't know the word, but a news story or a sentiment that we're feeling at this moment into an illustration with a small caption. So I I already did something about the rising costs of the tolls here and and the roads. And uh, Evia has done um, a little piece on the the tax evaders that are coming over and buying the real estate. So we're going to try and do those weekly. So if you want to like a little primer on current events, then mm-hmm. you can go check our Instagram out. I was literally just reading about that story 
like it's... a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's that might be our insane. level of caucasity. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was saving that for the third level. Yes, I was like, well, you're a tax evader that's coming over and paying mm-hmm. three times the price for a house cash. Disgusting. Ugh. Disgusting. Uh, Cam, yeah. what about you? What do you have going on? Um, not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, there's some stuff in the cooker. I there's some stuff that recently popped off that I can't really talk about, but nice. hope yeah. So hopefully we can talk about it in the future. Um, otherwise, go check out sketch comedy at Two Karen with Love. They're on Twitter, YouTube, um, Insta as well. Um, and. Um, hopefully at the end of this month, I might have a screenplay finished. So more on that when (laughs) that gets finished. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very similarly. I have, I have some stuff that I just secured this week that I also am not at liberty to speak about, but (laughs) we'll be able to speak about hopefully soon enough. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that here too, but you can find me on Twitter at JRSosa18, JRSosa18. You can find us, the show, on Twitter at white underscore pod. Please continue to to send us, you know, your suggestions for movies. Like <laughs> stuff like this is fascinating, just because like you never know what's out there. Like you know, yeah, bad or ago, bad or good. Yeah, you're still like, <laughs> what the hell? A couple weeks ago, I had no idea this movie existed, and I, I went on a journey. Uh, that was my gift to you guys. My gift to you guys it. was this horrible I, I will movie. eventually take part in that gift. <laughs> yes. But if you have movies like this that are just like, man, you wouldn't believe, you know, this like low budget or like this uh, obscure movie from, you know, the 80s or the 90s. Like, you got to watch this. Like, we'd love to hear about it. So please send us us there or at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com uh love to get your your emails if you want to subscribe to the podcast we'd always appreciate that if you want to rate review do all that stuff you know what i mean like the algorithms are popping <laughs> the algorithms are popping you know like like, <laughs> like cameron said you know you gotta get those computers peating you know like, that. <laughs> no, no don't put that don't bring that line in here <laughs> you just Oh, uh, I mean, even recently <laughs> I saw, you know, Spotify has a star system now. So, like, you know, that stuff seems arbitrary, but it does help, you know, I guess in terms of, like, getting people to, to discover the show. So uh, all that stuff is always appreciated. But that's it for us. We will be back next week with more Caucasity. Uh, so see you all next time. Peace. Get them computers Putin. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.